welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, welcome everybody to week seven of our fall 2022 season. I have a special guest with me this morning. Can you guess who it is? No, probably not. Uh, special guest by the name of... Is this where I come in? And it is. Curtis the Thompson. Yes, welcome. And I'm going to silence these notifications. Curtis Thompson, our very own youth specialist extraordinaire. That's true. And a Schwepp connoisseur. That's right. But we won't be getting to that quite yet. <laughs> because uh, we have um, responded to some feedback. Oof. We are responding. Uh, and we're going to put the Seltzer review at the end of the episode. So your Schweppes c- credentials are not needed until then. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm also a believer, so that it, might help. That's the true, part. that's true. Not n- in, in no order of importance here. We're just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it reveals a little thing I got to repent from, I guess. But, but. yes, Curtis is... Uh, Curtis is a Schweppes connoisseur, uh, to the extent where it has caused dental issues. It, yeah, it has, it has, but we'll talk about that at the end, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. All, the, all in good time, my all, friends. All, my all whole dental time. history comes at the end, so stay tuned. That's right, that's right. I also have a harrowing uh, story, that uh, something I went through this weekend, which we'll save till the end. Nice. Tell, remind me to mention it. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so... <clears throat> We are in uh, the seventh week of the season. You got three more. Um, actually, let me go ahead and pull up here. I have the uh, dates for the winter season. Um, so you, uh, so as you guys know, this season will end um, the week of November 27th. So that's that last week in November, partial week in December. And then you guys got quite a nice break, actually, because our winter season does not begin until the end of january january 29th will be the beginning so yeah enjoy that uh you know span of you know eight weeks or so off hope you'll all come to summer sessions of course and that season will go through let's see uh, that's a 10-week season that will end on the week beginning in april 2nd so 10 weeks there. But yeah, so enjoy that time off, um, yeah, getting regrouped and everything. Maybe get together with your community group over that. Okay, um, for announcements, uh, it's basically been this, this, the stuff that we've been uh, doing um, for the last few weeks. You got that uh, family dedication coming up. Uh, it's right up upon us. In fact, it is this coming Sunday. So make sure that anybody who's got youngins is signed up for that. Uh, then we've got, uh, the next, next week after that, uh, worship evening going on at Totowa campus. That'll be November 20th at seven o'clock. Uh, oh, I have an authority here on winter blast. That's right. That's right. Winter blast, winter session, uh, not winter session, winter student retreat. Yeah. That's coming up. Not to be confused. Not to be confused. Uh, that is for grades six through 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a lot of, uh, spiritual renewal in that. So, I, if you have students, uh, uh, kids that are those ages, you're going to want to sign up. Uh, the registration ends November 18th. Right. Um, Where so, do they sign up for that? 
That is right on the uh, the Emergence website. Um, you nice. can check that out on the Digital Bulletin. Digital Bulletin. Yeah. When in doubt, go to the Digital Bulletin. Oh, yeah. And then finally, um, winter sessions will be coming up um, during the break from community groups. Uh, that's December 4th to January 16th. FYI, we're going to take off the week of Christmas. So that's not in there. If you notice, this is seven weeks that we've said. Those are going to be Monday evenings at the Totowa campus. And I'm going to be uh, going into the historical and archaeological background of the Old Testament. Mm. Fossils, so, right? That's right. Only fossils. We're just going to be <laughs> doing super boring stuff the whole time. No, it should be pretty interesting. Um, and I think it would be you know, beneficial to people who just want their confidence in Scripture um, uh, uh, helped, in a, helped a little bit, or maybe for unbelievers, skeptics, and things like that. Or, as I put here in the announcements, if you're into Indiana Jones. Ooh, I am. That's right. Harrison I'll be Ford. using a bullwhip from the stage. Okay. Uh, our icebreaker for this week, who is someone who had a big impact on your journey of faith and why? And so that's a good way, I think, to get uh, get things rolling. Speaking of getting things rolling, shall we dive in? Let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay. So we begin with uh, a little bit from me here. After departing from Ephesus, Paul revisited the churches of Macedonia, which would have been Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and Corinth. Um, Of course, Corinth being further south into actual Greece, but uh, we take it that he probably visited there during this time as well. During this time, he likely wrote his masterful letter to the church at Rome. Several of his letters from this period reveal that he had been taking a collection from these mainly Gentile churches— to bring aid to the persecuted Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, a tangible gift of love to testify to the unity of the diverse body of Christ. Hoping to get his gift to Jerusalem by Pentecost, Paul stops at the coastal city of Miletus, where he is visited by the elders of the church at Ephesus, located only 60 kilometers to the north. His tearful speech to them reveals his heart and his way of life as he seeks to establish them in their faith and leadership, knowing that he will likely never see them again. And to our knowledge, he did not, although he did uh, write some letters to them. Wow. After this. So, yeah. All right, Curtis, you got your pipes warmed up? Oh, You're ready yeah, to do yeah, a little yeah. scripture reading read. here? Okay. Okay, so our first section is going to be uh, Acts 20, verse 17. So that's where Steve jumped in. Uh, that does, uh, you know, uh, skip a few things that happened there, including the, uh, um, the you know, um, the, the fall from the window, Eutychus. Uh, Paul mm. put him to sleep. So, so um, past, every pastor's favorite uh, passage to joke about, uh, staying awake in church. Mm-hmm. Insert joke here. But, uh, yeah, so let's pick up in verse 17. I, I guess it's a good reminder, too, if you're listening to this podcast and getting sleepy, yeah. just, you know, be careful, you know? Maybe exactly. splash some water in your If face, you're driving you know? a car and you're tired, I recommend sunflower seeds. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay, all right, so uh, this is Acts 20, uh, 17 through 21. Uh, now, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know... How I lived among you the whole time uh, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through uh, the plot, the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying 
both to Jews and to Greeks of the repentance uh, toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Masterfully done. Uh, you give Kristen and Jordan a run for their money for I sure. I hope so. That was the goal. All right. Calling you guys out. <laughs> Paul's way of life exemplifies the beauty of the gospel, and because of this, he often urges the churches to imitate him. And I give you a bunch of references there where he says stuff to that effect. Uh, this is profitable, not just for those who are called to lead, but for all Christians. So essentially, Paul here is, you know, th these are leaders of the church. It's the last time he's going to get to see them. So it's like, what do I instill in them? You know, my final address to them. Um, so uh, we begin by this obvious question, which I think Steve touched on a little bit in his message, because this is something he's saying to leaders. Mm. So it's like, is is the only application then, here are the qualifications to look for in a leader, right? Probably not. But why? Why are the standards for leaders applicable to all Christians? Mm. Why do we think so? Yeah, I love the, the point Steve brought up about the, uh, you know, telling your kids about, uh, you know, doing your best in soccer and uh, striving to be the best, but knowing that, you know, God will put you wherever he puts you. And I remember actually you and I had a conversation about that a while back when I started feeling, you know, a tug on my heart towards ministry of, um, you know, Hey, not everybody goes into, you know, goes on to become a pastor, but you know, maybe, you know, everybody has a, a role in the kingdom. So, you know, this, this striving to always, you know, imitate Christ and, always you know be a you know light insult to the to the world and and uh so i think in that way yeah the standards are really good for us to model after even if you know god never calls us to lead a church you know he, he'll call us to lead some things you know yeah yeah a family or who, who knows what you know so Ab absolutely yeah and i often and i often tell people that you know you look for the like the lists of qualifications for elders you look at those in scripture and you got them first timothy book of titus mm -hmm. it's basically <laughs> stuff that every christian should be doing you know it's just that those who uh, might be um, called to lead a church are expected to be exemplary in that mm -hmm. so yeah it's applicable to everybody I do think it's important too to note here that um, that uh, this doesn't this should not be taken to imply that Christian that Christian leaders are somehow like the all star Christians or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's as as you said. You know, it's just it's a calling to vocational ministry or it's a calling to eldership, and God kind of like lays that on your life. But the reality is, is that you know this by no means no by no means means that <laughs> that the leaders are like spiritual giants and everybody mm. else is is less than in some ha in fact one of the most humbling things about being a, an elder or a leader at a church is realizing that you lead a lot of people who are more godly than you are mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah and um this i'm just well, constantly reminded you know just you know, when I come, when I come to church and I see everybody and, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's humbling. It's, mm -hmm. it's a place of humility and just saying, I believe this is what the Lord's equipped me to do. And yeah. So, so you kind of want to downplay that if possible during the conversation yeah. with your group. You do yeah. not want people getting that impression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I remember you, you used the example of, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say names on here, but Owen Kelly. Yeah. About just like, you know, a guy who's, you know, 
pro- probably the kingdom's better off that he's just you know working yeah uh, where he's working and sharing the gospel with who he's sharing the gospel with so it's not like yep, exactly yeah it's not like you hit some level of you yeah. know all-star superstar what you know it's it's all yeah. it's all for his kingdom o- you know? owen was very instrumental in me uh coming you know um, headed towards ministry instead of just like staying in schools and stuff and mm. doing academic stuff um yeah oh so uh, that's that's who that is some of you know him. he's a great guy um okay uh so now let's look at some of the different like characteristics that steve kind of pulled out of here um so a bunch of these are the first three are pairs Mm. i don't know if you remember the sermon structure but it was like three things and then two things and then one thing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um and these three they're pairs and i think the thing to note about these is that like they are uh they purposely go together and i think you see this in particularly in this first prayer in this first thing so the first pair is humility and vulnerability mm. okay meaning that you don't just want humility and you don't just want vulnerability but like both of them kind of play off of each other same thing with boldness and helpfulness in fact you see it very strongly there like you don't want to be uh, you want both boldness and helpfulness mm, rather mm-hmm. than, so let's talk about humility and vulnerability so the first question and this is a heart question steve noted first that paul's way of life is characterized by humility and vulnerability which you see in verse 19 a lot where he talks about uh serve his his track record of serving with all humility with tears with trials that happened to him this is paul we're talking about mm-hmm. um so what does it mean to be humble and vulnerable? What does it mean to be humble and vulnerable? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of, I like, um, I believe it's Thessalonians. This is what like Ryan was uh, telling us to like study when, when I first came, came on board. Mm. Um, but just about how um, Paul, I think he did, he said something along the lines of like, I didn't just... Uh, share the gospel with you but also my life mm. and it's kind of that like uh do the people in your community also know you know uh what haunts you or 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 what's bothering you or ways that you're not just uh ways that you're not jesus ways that you're not perfect and um and yeah. your need for for salvation and uh making it a very real thing uh and i think the humility part is also that it's it's not ultimately uh, about you because I feel like maybe that's sometimes when when people can almost commandeer a community group because it's almost like uh, the community is meeting all because of the one struggle that I have and it's uh, it can get kind of self-centered and that, that's when it goes poorly but I, I think it, it's beautiful that um, that Paul was just raw in in his emotions I, I think about uh, David too. I mean, how he led the nation of Israel. I mean, just the psalm, the book of the Psalms is just very, you know, um, emotions that pulled his soul downward and downcast, and um, mm. and just the the battle of of salvation just being evident and really real. So I think that's a a powerful thing that Paul, you know, 
shows us, you know. Yeah, it's a good degree of transparency. Yeah. The passage you're, you're talking about there is in First Thessalonians uh, two eight, where he says, "Being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our our own selves, because you'd become very dear to us." And that's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like what he's saying here in Acts is kind of like the perfect, like coincides with that very much mm. that like he's like, because if you think about it, right, his final words to, to a bunch of elders, why is he giving his track record? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, aren't there, shouldn't it be, why does he bring this personal biographical information into it? How I lived among you and things like that. And it's because like, it's it's not merely propositional content, not merely like mm. what I taught you, but also how I lived mm. is also testimony to the gospel. Um, yeah. And this is a thing that I, I often say to, I feel like I've said this to all our community group leaders multiple times, but when you're leading a group, you want to be, you want to, uh, you want humility and vulnerability to come across. You don't want to come across, a, try to come across as like a spiritual giant or anything mm -hmm. like that because um, it, because you, you're going to get that level of transparency out of people, whatever you're willing to share, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're willing to display. So, yeah, humility, being honest about your failures, but also appropriate. You know, you don't want to just mm -hmm. air out all your dirty laundry, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, so why are these important traits for believers to have? I feel like you were kind of like getting into some of that as well. But I think it's it's very much in line with the message that we preach, right? We, we're not preaching like we're perfect and that therefore God accepts us, mm, <laughs> but rather that mm. we're broken and we're sinners. And you want to be able to draw that out of people. Mm -hmm. And by not acknowledging that before others and not displaying that before others, like what are you inadvertently showing them, mm. you know? Yeah, <clears throat> it's funny you, you bring that up because just yesterday I found like... Um like an old journal that I had and it was when I was leading a, a community group and <clears throat> there's like uh you remember that time there's like 18 people coming over to my house yeah, it was and it was, it was it was kind of a mess but um <laughs> it really was but uh, I remember like uh so in this journal I was writing like um <clears throat> just like broken and um dear diary I, yes dear dear Curtis's diary <laughs> I had three Schweppes today no uh <laughs> so um but no, uh, there, there's this, um, I, I said, you know, God, I'm just going to keep boasting of your merit. But other than that, there's not really a whole lot going on, you know, mm. for me. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that is a lot of times, you know, what Christian leadership is, is you're just, your boast is Christ and you don't really have anything else to boast in. I mean, if it goes well, it is Christ. And, um, you know, if it doesn't, it's, you know. It's still still Christ's work that uh, he's called you to that. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's that's in line with uh, what, why this is so important is it, I think that um, it formed a, a very deep community when it was just all of us. None of us were, you know, fully put together. All of us were just like, hey, Christ needs to, you know, pick up the broken pieces and, and make something holy. And he's doing it. And that's that's all we can boast in, you yeah. know? So, yeah, there's, I, I find a lot of like resonance with Paul's, um, uh, message 
to the church in Second uh, Corinthians here. You know, um, this is where he's talking about how we're vessels j- like jars of clay, mm, mm-hmm. and um, and he talks in, in chapter three, verse uh, verse five and six, where he talks about like the confidence that he has through Christ toward God, and he says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Mm. And I like even that the word there is sufficient. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's given us like, he hasn't made us like rock <laughs> yeah. stars. Like oh, yeah. we're sufficient. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what can you do to cultivate humility and vulnerability in your own life? Mm. So a very practical question because we all kind of struggle with, mm-hmm. um, uh, or at least I know I do and you, getting getting out of hand and uh and you you feel like you're making some progress towards faith and and you kind of lose your dependence on god because Mm -hmm. things are are going well um or or you know some of us just aren't good at displaying humility Mm -hmm. before others and i know like for i don't know if i (laughs) one thing i kind of struggle with is i know that um i know that displaying hum this is where it gets tricky i know Mm. that displaying humility is something that christians like to see Mm. right there's Mm -hmm. a lot of genuine and so you do have to be careful with not displaying false humility right right Right. that um because people will usually see through that if they don't now they will soon um but you know am i am i being honest uh, am i being honest with my humility i think is a really important thing and um so I think cultivating humility for me sometimes is shutting up and not maybe not talking so much, maybe not mm-hmm. talking as much, um, feeling as if my words need the things that I have to say need to be said all the time, um, especially if I'm in like a community group setting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and being being slow to speak and quick to listen, I think. Um, can can be a good way of cultivating humility mm. in all ki- types of settings, not just sitting down with a group. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What about cultivating humility and vulnerability? Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's one of the. For me, it was one of the toughest things, and actually, for a lot of people in a, a community group, one of the toughest things is uh, not speaking. Mm-hmm. Actually, for some people, it's speaking, but for <laughs> for me, for people like me who are just you know, hey. I'm going to talk for this whole time and, you know, they're going to hear all of my insights and my wisdoms. And I think one thing that doing a community group helped me out to see is that like the collective whole, like Mm -hmm. the, you know, um, the body of Christ, you know, forming together, you know, often has a lot deeper insights than what just me talking would be. And so I think that's a good practical way of, of showing humility is, uh, I'm going to ask this question and I'm not going to answer it you know i'm gonna wait in the silence and wait for um, people to bring their insights and then also um look for you know when leading a community group is like look for an insight that you don't have Mm -hmm. like you know uh, those people are brought there for a reason what 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 do they have to bring to the table in this conversation that you know i didn't think of and and i need to hear so yeah yeah um yeah yeah. The the other thought that I have too is, uh, and this goes for uh, context outside community groups as well, 
is spend time with people who are unimpressed by you. Mm. You know, um, <laughs> so like, um, and uh, yeah, like uh, people who you know that like your like false humility is not going to work mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. or 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 you know a display of pride is not going to work on. Mm. Um, that's something that um, is yeah. helpful to me. Um, I think also uh, let people get close enough to you where they could see when it's false and yeah, you know, like uh, you know, I have a couple guys that I meet with every week, and it's just like, you know, at some point, you know, yeah, they they know you've over a year of meeting every single week, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, it, it shows up, you know, your false, you know, uh, facades and your yeah. false like humility and your you know, false, uh, religion, all that stuff just keeps showing up. And, you know, as it gets exposed, it, you know, it, you find healing in it. So, yeah. 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 All right. Let's, uh, talk about boldness and helpfulness. So Steve also pointed out that Paul's boldness and helpfulness, which I see in verse 20 and 21, um, pointed out Paul's boldness and helpfulness. That's the end of the sentence. Uh, why is each of these important in balancing out the other? Um, so yeah, um, why? Well, I think some of us, uh, you know, boldness of course is, I think of as being like willing to say things, willing to, uh, get things out there, put things out there. Mm. Uh, you know, you're, you're the one to talk when other people may be afraid to, you know, not have a conversation that needs to happen or something. Um, but there's also there's a way to do that that is unhelpful, hmm. right? Where you're not your base uh, and it, the motivations behind that can be multitude. But I think, you know, sometimes we want to be able to say, "I'm the one who's bold. I'm the one who will say things. Mm-hmm. I'm the, if nobody's going to point this out, I'll be the one to do it." Um, and so, um, and so, am I? what's the end game with the thing that I'm mm-hmm. talking about here? Right? Is it just to be? To have the words out there is it just right, to have right. the words into the ether uh and get get these words into someone's ears or is it actually transformation mm-hmm. is it actually help um so that can be everything from what you share to how you share it and things like that but then you can also have helpfulness without boldness so maybe you have things that are helpful but you're not bold enough to say them mm-hmm. um right so they both kind of need to balance each other out yeah you know um, can you think of a time when someone was bold, but not helpful? Someone was bold, but not helpful. Bold, but not helpful. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about, um, you know, how many times, I mean, I think as, as dudes, we can do this where, uh, somebody's just looking to be heard and mm-hmm. they just need somebody to listen. Mm. And, uh, you have that thought in your head that's like oh i know how to fix this you know that type of a thing um you know just you have the boldness to give the answer but maybe they weren't looking for the answer maybe they were just looking to be heard so when you were saying that that was just the first thing that i was yeah, yeah. thinking of is yeah yeah um knowing when to like okay wait this needs some correction this needs some you know some wisdom and then also knowing oh, this this person just needs to know that they have a friend that they could yeah you know just you know talk to so yep. yeah I 
I think of I can think of a very extreme example that comes to mind. So I remember back when I was in Bible school out in Chicago, you know, there would be assemblies, you know, whether it was like we did chapel four times a week and there were like conferences and things like that. And I remember there was a guy who was going to our school who was convinced he was a prophet and was like really vocal about it and would stand up in the middle and like say like thus says saith the Lord stuff. Ooh. And and he'd be like and he'd speak in the first person as mm-hmm. if it's God speaking. I'm not saying, you know, that uh, that he actually was a prophet, but he this guy thought that he was. Mm. And would come out with like indicting like students for how they were dressing, you know, stuff girls were wearing or, you know, guys, you know, walking. And it was all it always had to do with like stuff that was on the sexual periphery of things, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. and he would just like and and the question is like, is that the best way? Yeah, you're getting the message out. But is anybody hearing you? Mm -hmm. Um Oh, you know, that was, that's just an example that of boldness. Cause I could never imagine like standing up and say, I mean, maybe, you know, uh, maybe sometimes that is the way to do it, but I tend to think of that, that that's after other things have been exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is um, just, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a very extreme example that, that I can think of in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, can you think of a time when someone was helpful, but not bold? Mm. helpful but not bold um yeah um i you know i think of this you know basically any time where you know you you know somebody who who has something to say but doesn't have the the courage to say it and things like that and um uh yeah like actually here here's a here's a good example of it um And I don't know, maybe this is an example of being both helpful and both bold, but you know, um, our podcast here, you know, like, uh, I'm sure for a while people were like, why do we do seltzer reviews at the beginning of every podcast? I've got limited time and I don't want to like thumb through fast forwarding. And I appreciate people. I -hmm. think it is helpful to share your feedback, right? What the listener experience is. And I think it is important that people were bold enough Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, you guys think you can do this later. So if you want to know what the best seltzers are, uh, we'll st- stay tuned, but we got other stuff too. So I think that's a good example of boldness mm-hmm. and helpfulness. And so like maybe your thoughts on that, you know, are just very helpful, mm-hmm. but you haven't voiced them. And so they're not bold. So yeah. I appreciate you guys who have that helpful insight, uh, bring it uh, to bear on what we're doing here, that that you added to your helpfulness boldness, because mm-hmm. I think it makes um, everybody's experience better, except for people who are just the diehard connoisseurs. Yeah, the people that tuned in here just That's for right. the show. <laughs> yeah, but... And then just happened to leave it planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oops. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think, uh, I think also a lot of times, like with uh, like traumatic experiences, I feel like there's a... a I hear it in a lot of music and stuff like that, where like the words get caught in your throat, like mm. type of a like you really want to speak out, but mm. like maybe there was something that happened to you or something where it's just like your voice is shut off, yeah. and it's just like you get like crippled, like that freeze, you yeah. know, the fight or flight or free, you know, and it's just like you always freeze up in that moment where you need to speak out, you know, and you need to stand up for what's right or what's just, and mm. um, so I think that's where it 
becomes tough. And, you know, even in my own experiences, I feel like that's totally like, you know, I'd imagine people who spent time with Paul or, or people who spent time with Jesus or just people who are around the gospel long enough will, you know, the Holy Spirit does help them to, you know, jump out on that ledge and say something helpful, even though it's like really scary to, to speak up in, yeah. those, in those moments. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, a, and a lot of times, you know, we're what we're afraid of are like our imaginary scenarios yeah, of what will happen, yeah. you know, because a lot I, I, I could tell you, I'm like, how many times like the Lord's given me some degree of boldness to say what I thought had to be said. And the person responds with like, thank you. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, so or true. like that's, yeah. or that is, that is, that mm-hmm. is helpful. You know, you never know how people are going to respond. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Then next up, we've got devotion to public and private ministry. Again, it's important that these be viewed as pairs, right? You want both of them. And here you see that he's, he's talking um, about how he went about, you know, proclaiming uh, the kingdom, testifying um, of repentance towards God and faith in Jesus, um, both in public, he says in verse 20, and from house to house. So you can think of it as it mentions him being in the hall of Tyrannus here in, in Ephesus when he was in Ephesus, as well as getting to know people personally and being even in their homes. So some time for definitions. Um, what is public ministry and what is private ministry? I kind of just defined it, but what's public and what's private ministry? What, how do you think of the those two things? How do you think? Okay, no problem, no problem. So, so I think of public ministry as ministry that is geared to any and everybody who will listen, mm. whereas private ministry is directed specifically to certain ind- individuals. Mm. Um, you know, and often the setting is different, right? Public, it's, you know, a hall or a podcast or, you know, like just things like just you, you're putting it out there. Whereas private, it's like you have specific targeted people and the setting might be, the setting probably reflects that as well. It might be over coffee. It might be mm. in, in a home community group. Obviously it was a private thing, uh, one-on-one discussions and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, there should, for a healthy balance, you want to kind of like, you want to be, although like this, this might not be as, um, as individualistic as saying like, I like, um, you know, like every single person needs to be doing something public and something private, uh, but rather like you you want like a good mm. balance between those things in a ministry that you're involved in. Yeah, a good blend of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah good blend. Like I think of what you do, Curtis, right? Like uh, with, with youth group, like you obviously get behind a microphone and you speak to everybody. And but then also you have a, a very good personal way of connecting with students Mm. you know and then looking at you as an older brother in the lord or father in the lord and um you know you know what's going on in their lives you know and they know what you have to say about that Mm. and and they know that you love them personally yeah you know and you do that really well thank you um yeah yeah um so uh why are each of these essential for every individual christian to have some to have some eye towards public, some eye towards towards private. Why is that important? 
These are these are good questions. You know, I, I think uh, for <laughs> I'm hitting Curtis with these questions off the top, like for the first time too. Well, so. you know what? This is probably pretty helpful because I bet people, you know, in the community groups will be, you know, a couple more days out from the sermon. Like, yeah. wait, what was the private public thing? Yeah, um, yeah. But I remember he was using the um, uh, the uh, the two verses. One was about like being ashamed of yep. of Jesus. Um, and then one was about, Hey, when you're praying, you know, close the doors and, yep. and be in private. So I, I guess that's where, um, yeah, that's where I was taking. That was more yeah. like private being, um, when nobody's watching, yeah. you know, am I walking with the Lord? Yeah. Um, and then when people are watching, you know, yep. am I walking with the Lord? Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I see also your point of like smaller group settings and yeah 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 and one-on-one yeah and i think like yeah there's there's, i guess what is meant by public and private is a little bit like um you know are we talking about personal devotion um when we're talking about private are we talking about um you know ministering to other people Mm. i think paul in this chapter is is talking you know he's talking about how he ministered Mm. you know so um yeah so there's that like the i guess the point is is that like you want to make sure that you have a healthy balance in your life of both of these things where um, uh, where and it's important in the life of every of every Christian because uh, we need to be trying to saturate in every way that we can with the gospel and with the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is going to be people who just encounter it in the widespread proclamation that we do, you know. So, for example, you go to work. And you've got it out there that you're a Christian. Maybe you mm-hmm. bring your Bible or, you know, or you've just, it's known, right? And mm-hmm. everybody who's there kind of sees you. And that's a very public face. You know, people just know mm-hmm. you're God's person in this area. Um, and you've also got interpersonal relationships with people. Like you don't want to just be using one tool to try to make the gospel known in your life. You don't mm-hmm. want to just be doing it through personal relationships. But gotcha. yeah, so I think I think the main reason for importance is because um, you're 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 hobbling your witness if you only use one approach. Yeah, you know. No, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally on this, which of these is more challenging for you, public or private ministry, and what opportunities do you have to meet this challenge head on? Ooh. <clears throat> you know, I, I think um, one thing that I will say <clears throat> when I. I'm just thinking back to like when I started uh, the community group, which was, I don't know, two, three years ago. Yeah, sure. Um, I remember uh, just being terrified of anybody knowing that I'm Christian. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we all have like a, a starting point. Why is that? Know? Why is that? Why were you terrified? You know, I think it, it I wasn't. You know, I, I was definitely not so confident. I mean, like the go- I felt like the gospel in a new way was like just you know, penetrating my heart. And it was just like, oh, wait, God is committed to me, Mm. you know, and I could go my whole life running from him, but it seems like he's, he's not, you know, letting up the grip. So I could either kind of go this route of, um, you know, kind of living, you know, toss and turn by the waves, kind of, uh, double minded, you know, Christian in settings where, you're doing well and yeah. not Christian and sending where you're not, you know, when you're in the fish tank. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's tough. Like, um, 
when I was first starting out. But I think um, that, you know, in my life story, I guess the gospel just has drawn me into being more comfortable both public and private. Um, I'd say so. You know, to the so. extent of dressing up like an egg. <laughs> yes, yes, which, which is great. People still call me Mr. Egg. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, that that's what I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, by the grace of God, I think both of them are becoming more of a comfort to me. Is mm-hmm. that I can say i'm a christian and then in conversation i can yeah you know i know for me like sometimes like if when i've struggled with that like kind of like not wanting people it's because like i know that i'm a screw up Mm -hmm. and i don't want people to you know i don't want to bring the gospel into disrepute because i did something bad yes or because you know know, like i i and it looks differently and different like early on it was because i was really walking with one foot in the world and yes, one foot, yeah you know and is somebody going to see me doing some horrendous sin mm-hmm. and be like oh i thought he was a christian right um but like today it's like you know i have a fairly chaotic family you know mm-hmm. and it's like i'm afraid that people are going to see that like i don't have it all together mm-hmm. you know and um so um yeah it looks different it looks differently um, and yeah, so I, I feel like I'm more challenged with, 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 uh, with the public ministry aspect of it because, mm-hmm. um, like I, I'm good at, uh, like, I don't know what I'm good at, but like, um, it's one thing to be able to sit down and actually get to know a person, but then like the public, it's like, what are people going to see when they see me? And, mm-hmm. and, um, are they going to see Jesus? Uh, or are they going to see, you know, a, a knucklehead? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a shrinking back into what's maybe normal or comfortable and then just reminding yourself of the gospel and then going into both settings. Cause you know, I, I think about, ah, no, we don't have to go into all the examples, <laughs> but yeah, just the, the gospel is that God's committed to you, even if you are a knucklehead. So, yeah. you know, just, I like that. That's it, a good, uh, that's a good <laughs> I like it. twice you've said that uh, God is committed to you. Yeah, that's that's an awesome way to look at it. Yeah. Um, okay. Next section: counting the cost. So we're going to be reading Acts twenty twenty two through twenty seven. Uh, who wants to do that? You are you poised? Are you chomping at the bit? I'm poised. Okay, right. twenty two to twenty seven. That's right, baby. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll give it. My Doing all. these mid paragraph stops oh, to yeah. keep you on your toes. Oh tw- uh, yeah, you got to stop me when I get to twenty seven. I'll forget. Uh, and now behold. Uh, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold... I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Um, There's an interesting, like, uh, nerdy Bible interpretation question here. And uh, I'm not going to say that I necessarily know that, but kind of like a good example of like the, um, how, how Bible can be, um, how the Bible can be tricky in terms of like figuring out the wording and what it means. Um, but so like when he says, 
in uh, verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. What is he saying there? Is he saying that in every city that I go to, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that imprisonment awaits me? Or is he saying that imprisonment awaits me in every city? Mm. Right? Like mm. so. I think it's the first one that everywhere he goes, he's the Spirit is telling him in some way that this lies in his future rather mm. that, that that like everything's going to be like you know a train wreck every no yeah. matter where i go yeah but yeah you're not safe yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of like you know the things that like when you're like huh. um you know meaning of scripture kind of stuff it it's a nice pretty um, yeah fun thing to think about and discuss um okay uh so what gives paul the amazing confidence and courage to press on with his ministry knowing that in every city imprisonment and afflictions mm-hmm. away yeah um so what what amazing confidence uh, what what gives Paul this confidence? Well, I think for one thing, he knows that how the Lord has worked in his life in the past mm-hmm. that like because by this time several of his prison letters, in fact I'd say I want to say yeah, well yeah, a lot of his prison letters have already been written. Um uh, obviously not the pastoral epistles like 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, but um Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, all of these are letters that are written from prison. And not only that, but like he's seen, like he's gone into cities, done ministry, a lot of times been driven out under intense Mm. persecution, sometimes them trying to like kill him. And yet there's thriving churches there. Mm -hmm. So just seeing how the Lord has worked in the past through his suffering um, gives him confidence that even if suffering lies in my future, God is working through that. And so I'm willing to work, work through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that that's a that's a good point that it's almost like uh, I, I always think of it as, uh, you know, just taking small steps. Um, Ryan, you know, years ago said in a sermon, um, our little plus God equals abundance. And it was like this reminder of like, you know, just be faithful with something tiny just take a little step and then i think that's what really gains confidence is that like you take a step you fall flat on your face and jesus is there to pick you up and then you take another step and you fall flat on your face and he's there to pick you up and so after a while you're yeah you just gain this confidence so paul and every city maybe every city he's been to or a lot of them he's been beaten he's been stoned he's been uh, imprisoned and God's still good. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's still moving and is, it was only ever the Lord in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other big thing I would put, I would pick out is in verse 24, where he says, I do not account my life as any value nor as precious to myself. Hmm. Right. Like how precious is, well, what do you consider precious? Well, when it comes to the Lord and his will for your life, like, it's even life itself doesn't have the same your own life yeah right doesn't have the same value yeah um because there's something that's worth even more than that mm-hmm. and it's not to say i this is one of those things where i think it's not necessarily devaluing how important your right. life is right it's just saying that that the cause of the gospel is that much greater that yeah. i'm willing that it's it i'm willing to suffer loss um, yeah, he says somewhere about like um, uh, 
it, like almost like he he wanted more uh he would rather i think it was israel be saved than his own self like something along that you yeah, know yeah, what i'm yeah. talking about yeah i feel yeah. like that's, that's in romans 9 that's similar of like a um mm-hmm. uh yeah like he has just such a okay god's done so much for me that um he says i could wish that i myself were accursed and cut off from christ for the sake of my brothers my kinsmen according to the flesh mm, you yeah, know like yeah. that's how valuable it is yeah um yeah so um in this sermon steve said it's better to lose your life for the right thing than to waste your life for the wrong things i love that when i first saw that he he wrote that and when i was when we were talking about the sermon last week i was like definitely say that um (laughs) (laughs) what wrong things personally tempt you to waste your life so this is very personal a question um yeah i know for me um i know for me entertainment is a big thing right Mm -hmm. not to say that we're not allowed to enjoy entertainment but i do have a tendency to overindulge Mm -hmm. you know like let's not just watch you know one or two movies or shows this week let's watch them every night or you know or and or you know stuff like that Uh, i'm really i got a a half hour here like why don't i just you know and i mean it's i guess suppose mainly it very practically is a matter of time management Mm -hmm. suppose perhaps yeah Uh, what do you think anything in particular for you that you feel like sharing with the world yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean i think that uh i mean time is is a huge a huge thing i i think i don't really find uh time of doing nothing restful yeah um so i will often fill it with anything i could fill it with uh yeah, Star Wars is a big one. Star Wars and Star Schweppes. Wars and Schweppes. If it begins Anything? with S, Curtis, yeah. Curtis is Star Wars struggle. Schweppes. What Salvation. about? All right. So That's what about this? One. What right things are worth losing your life for? So much more positive. What right things? Well, should we say the obvious? <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> the gospel, of course, right? Yeah. And making Christ, knowing Christ, and knowing making Him known. I think that you know that's the. That's, yeah, that's, there's you know, no greater joy. Yeah, and and seeing others built up to do the same. Okay, let's read Acts 20, 20, uh, 28 through 31. All right. Acts 20, 28 through 31. Take us away, Mr. Yeah. Thompson. All right, Mr. Reader. Yes. Um, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure... Fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Uh, and from among you, your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Is it also 31? Yeah, give us 31. Uh, therefore, be alert, remembering that uh, for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. All right. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just remind everyone that uh, Steve pointed out you got a pretty good um, doctrine of God statement in this passage right um which the wording is very interesting right like pay careful attention to the flock in which the holy spirit has made you overseers so there's you know we call this like the economy of salvation where Mm. like what the different members of the godhead do so the holy spirit has made you overseers he's led your life in such a way as to bring you to this very point um to care for the church of god right it is god's church and then here, even notice the Christological language, which he obtained with his own blood. Who obtained it? The, mm. the son, right? But he's called God here. 
Um, and it's uh, so it's it's interesting here. You've got these, you know, all members of the Trinity kind of mentioned, and even Jesus himself. You mm. know, um, if anything, you kind of have the Father in the background of it all, right? right, uh, like, right. In that, like it's His will that's being carried out through this, and yeah. So, okay, uh, what are the dangers that Paul is warning about in this passage, and why are they dangerous? So here, you definitely, you know, going to be wanting to to look here. Um, and so, uh, first of all, I think it's interesting that he says, pay careful attention to yourselves, mm. right? That mm-hmm. that it's, um, he doesn't say you yourselves need to pay attention to other stuff. First, watch yourself. Right. Because if there's anybody vulnerable, um, you know, uh, there's a sense in which like that's your first, um, your first priority mm-hmm. is, and I think here you've got moral issues. And you've also got doctrinal issues. Mm. Pay attention to yourself and your teaching, as well as to how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, Then I think also, you know, there might even be something in here, the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Like, you're not watching out for your church. You're watching out for God's church. This is something Mm. that belongs to him. Mm. Even in your community group leaders, right? Like, this is not your community group. This is God's community group. Mm. And he is working through you, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in which you're like a steward of what belongs to someone else. Mm-hmm. Just like we view money. Ideally, we would view money that way. You view the church that way. And then he talks about wolves, okay, um, coming in. So from outside. Mm-hmm. So not sparing the flock. And again, this can be doctrinal and it can also be moral. Right. And we have a lot of examples of that today, of course. But then you also have men arising from your own selves speaking twisted things. So dangers from dangers from me, dangers mm-hmm. from without, and dangers from within, I think you see here. Um, so the next question is, oh, and, and why are they dangerous? They're, they're dangerous because they, they lead mm-hmm. uh, the church of God astray. What Christ purchased with his own blood there's corrupting mm-hmm. and it could be me who's corrupting it. It could be somebody who's not a part of the body and it could be somebody who is part of the body. So it's all over the place. Right, right. Wolves are everywhere. Um, what can you personally and the church in general do to guard against these dangers? Yeah. What do you think? I, I like, um, man, I'm not getting any of these references. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's first Timothy, but, um, uh, it's bad because I'm teaching this this Wednesday and I don't know the reference, but uh, nice. uh, he's talking about just guarding. Um, he's he's you know encouraging Timothy to just guard that the Holy Spirit's guarding him, but also that he should should guard uh, the good his, deposit. Yeah, to him. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, as as essentially as like a, a soldier, a lot of soldier analogies. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it's almost like all right, if this is the best the right thing to to die for or to spend your time on Mm -hmm. um you know if this is the most important thing then do everything it takes to to guard yourself and whether that's you know being in in community uh reading scripture um studying it and all of that that goes into just guarding that deposit Mm. um yeah and i think also like uh being willing to be honest, and I think here I'm, I'm I think about the boldness and helpfulness earlier on, mm, right? Like, right. Um, on the one hand, you kind of want to be gracious with people who have aberrant views, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, and again, moral as well as doctrinal. Um, you, you, nobody, you know, the church is a hospital for sinners and you're right. going to get sin and you're going to get unbelief and you're going to get wayward belief. And it just takes wisdom to know when that is, when it crosses over from here's a person whom God is working on to their sin and their error is now affecting, yeah. you know, those whom I'm entrusted to care for. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is, it is a bit of a wisdom call. Like it's not a black and white thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and, um, According to what Paul says here, why should we care so much about the church of God? And I think we already answered this, right? Because right. it's his. It's right. not ours. And he paid the greatest price that can be paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a humbling and a fearful thing and almost like a you better think twice before you say yes yeah, right. thing to, 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 to do mm-hmm. in your life. All right, let's look at this last section here. Let's read Acts 20, verses 32 through 35. All right, I'm on it. Uh, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Uh, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know uh, that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Uh, In all things I have shown you. Uh, that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed uh, to give than to receive. There you go. Yeah. Paul, of course, is citing his own example that I would say, like, everybody who pays my paycheck, cover your ears, (laughs) you know, that he works to support himself Mm -hmm. as a tent maker or a leather worker, as it might be. So, yeah. Um, now, heads up, any, anybody who's using the study guide I sent out on Sunday or um, it has already downloaded it, I actually have a question from last week that was originally in here. So dealing with the Sons of Sceva, uh, spoiler alert, I use the same template every week. And sometimes I, even when I proofread it, my mind just goes, uh, duh. Um, yeah. Actually, holy cow. Did you hear that text that just came in? Yeah, what was that? That was one of the leaders saying, there's, I see you've got a question from oh, last week. No. This second one, I just oh, noticed no. it. All right. I will take it out. And uh, But just so you know, the first question under this section is from last week. Okay. That's that's a God thing right there. It must be. Okay. You, yeah. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Doug is crying right now. I'm crying. He's sharing his tears shedding over this. Tears. Um, well, you know... How with humility and uh, with tears and trials, yes. I serve you. Yes, so, oh yeah. Yes, especially when I realize my own typos, mistakes. Right. Oh yeah. I was excited that I haven't really had typos in this guide yet. Now I got a whole question, and that's not supposed to be there. All right. So what we begin with here, Paul summarizes Jesus's teaching as it is more blessed to give than to receive. When have you found this to be true in your own life? Um, I think with my children, you know. Um, uh, realizing that like, you know, um, withholding from yourself is, um, is, and, and, and having them receive rather than, you know, me buy myself a new base or something like Mm. that. (laughs) Right. But, you know, in ministry, certainly, um, anybody who serves, I think sees this, Mm -hmm. or at least I hope sees this, that, that uh, it's. I remember like the people I, I asked to help flip burgers at Big Day Out, right? Like mm-hmm. 
like that was by no means i don't think anybody there felt like i missed it you know even though you're not really able to pay that much attention to the sermon or anything i mm-hmm. think being able especially being able to see like god is doing a work here and not just in big day out but like in anything that you're mm-hmm. giving in right and being like i want to be a part of that you know i want to be a part of what you know what we celebrate what god did i want to be able to to have been a part of that yeah. you know yeah, I mean, I think about uh, just Wednesday nights are when we do our, our uh, youth group um, and the students will come up, you know, after the, the night and talk about how charged up they are, how ready they are for, you know, bringing the gospel to, to their school or to, you know, it's just like a big checkpoint for them to propel forward. Um and yet on Wednesdays, I am exhausted. So I, it's almost like I have the opposite experience to some way than they do but it's so worth it because um yeah because i'm glad that they they have that that knowledge of of christ um so yeah in in serving it's it's often a lot of people receiving a benefit and you know you drain in the tank yeah um but but yeah it's so worth it to know it's so worth it yeah um all right so i i've got um i've got a also a thing in here for you if Somebody wants to, you know, ask, is asking questions about like, wait, but Jesus doesn't actually say these, these words in this gospel, right? Like, you're not going to like do a search through your Bible and find that phrase on the lips of Jesus. So I just point out verbatim quotation was less important than oftentimes you get summaries when people say someone said this. Hmm. Um, and then um, I give you other places where Jesus is clearly teaching this concept. Uh, in Luke's gospel, given that Luke is the author of Acts. And finally, I we talk about how Steve pointed out that Jesus's entire life is basically this, mm. as uh, as um, described in Hebrews 12, 2. Okay, two more quick questions here. Why does Paul say here in his description of his own life that he exemplified the principle of giving? How can you live according to his uh, example? Sorry, what does Paul say here in his description of his life that exemplified the principle of giving? And how could you live according to his example? Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is I coveted no one's silver, gold, or apparel, uh, and rather I ministered to my own needs. And, you know, certainly I, I think here um, emulating this example is, um, you know, kind of like being the, the last to, to take. Mm-hmm. And doing whatever you can to be a, a giver rather than rather than not let there's anything wrong with taking. Right. right. Like if you need help, that's fine, too. Like nobody is lesser in the kingdom of God because they need this. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this for him was like part of his ministry part. He had. Um, yeah. So I think like that's that's a an important um, way to observe that. Final question. How does the gospel exemplify this principle about giving? How does the gospel exemplify it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Jesus given his whole life um, for our flourishment. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And as we were talking about even earlier is that, um, yeah, God's God's committed to us and in his church and it is his church. So, yeah. uh, yeah, there's no no greater thing to, to give to. Um, yeah, it's I mean that's the gospel for God to love the world that He gave, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. it's that that Christ and another Paul Paulism, right? He gave Himself up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the gospel is God's act of giving. Um, 
and that I suppose is, you know, the amazing thing about the Lord, right? That we don't have, as Paul said earlier in Athens, gods who are served by human hands. Mm. We have a God who gives, right. you know, um, who has given us all things and uh, especially all things in Christ. So, okay, for prayer, um, praise God for the leaders who give you examples to follow. And finally, pray for the Lord to help you exemplify gospel living for those who look to you as a leader. Mm. Okay. And now, for the moment that everybody's been waiting for, do it. Nice. Nice little uh, finger cheek pop there. That's, that's actually uh, proper before uh, drinking seltzer or anything with ginger oh. in it. You do one of those. Here's yeah. palate. Yeah. You want to know my weird sound effect? What is that? I can do a predator impersonation. Ready? That's my predator impersonation. We're ready. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is the silliest thing. Okay. I see so, why people wanted this at the end of the podcast. I mean, what? Yeah, now it's just like <laughs> yeah. the, the gloves are predator off. <laughs> the gloves are off. Okay. We're now we're in, and anybody who's still with us wants yeah, the Yeah, props to you. Okay. So now I chose one that is close to my heart. Mm. So seltzer... Um, is obviously of a beverage that we are fond of here. But um, I also like it to not break the bank. And sometimes, mm. you know, you're especially with prices of groceries lately, I, uh, you know, not exactly reaching for the LaCroix. Yeah. Or for the, uh, even the Schweppes sometimes. Schweppes right? can go can, up can, in price. Yeah. Can get oh, up yeah. there. And so I of late have been reaching for the ShopRite brand. I shop at, the, at a ShopRite. Uh, the Bowl and Basket, as it is now mm. called. Fantastic name. And they actually have some very good offerings. And this is not the only one of theirs that I really like. Oh, wait, wait. Is it Bowl and Basket? Bowl and Basket. I thought it was yeah. Bowl E Basket. <laughs> no, this is an ampersand. It's a, oh, it's a okay. weird font, but yeah, Sorry. that's and. Yeah. All right, for those <laughs> who like, are listening, kind news. of looks like Bowl British Pound Sign Basket. <laughs> okay, um, Sorry. So this was like some weird demotic uh, Egyptian. Uh, I hope not. So um, so this is the bowl and basket ginger seltzer. And this is actually why I originally roped Curtis in here because mm. uh, Kristen had trouble finding uh, someone to watch her kids today. And Jordan decided that a lunch meeting was more important than all of, you, all of us. No, just kidding. We love you, Jordan. Um, but I just my schedule actually stinks today. So. Uh, but I'm happy that we did bring you in because Sel- so I'm Curtis- third. That's what you're trying to tell me. I'm trying to explain why we were. I'm trying why we went with choice C. No, okay. um, so I just like halfway through saying that I was like I should probably shouldn't be talking about this. Um, but no, because Curtis um, is really an expert when it comes to ginger ale. And this I think of as the seltzer version of ginger ale. This is the Bowling Basket Ginger. Okay, hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and crack this open. It's nice and cold. It does come in a bottle. I've never seen it in a can. Hmm. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and fill up and see what you think about it. Now, it's not going to be sweet, right? But um, for a drink that's no sugar, pretty much just carbonated water that's flavored, I've been pretty into this, and I'm wondering what you think. So let's get a let's get a nose on well, this. Well, first thing that I want to share about when uh, sipping some seltzer, you really want to look at the variety of bubbles. So right now, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing some small guys, mm. I'm seeing some medium, 
Uh, and I'm seeing some pretty large bubbles, yeah, which is a good sign. Up I, the, you like that. I got to I got to say that uh, bowl and basket, you know, especially affordable. That's quite the variety. The carbonation so, is on point. Now smell it and tell me in a blind smell test, you wouldn't think that's ginger ale. Wow. Right. Wow. Very much is. Right? You know what? And I would have thought that he might have put Schweppes in the bottle, but I did hear, <laughs> I did hear the crack. That's where I so get So this you. is definitely bowl and basket. Yeah. Maybe um, I switched the label. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was bowl <laughs> e basket. I really did. But uh, all right, let's um, seltzer. Wait, hold on yeah, a second. All right. Yeah. What's that? He's reading the label, folks. Wow. They put heart into this. They, they put do. they put heart they a into this. Description of it well, they just say it's like the heart of their. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. From our basket to your bowl. Wow. Are we supposed to be drinking this out of a bowl? I think so. I think so. Uh, well, anyhow, the, the moment we've all been waiting for. Are we drinking this at the same cheers. time? Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll take uh, double. Double sips there. See, I I think it's very, uh, I mean, it doesn't have a long aftertaste. Like, I'm pretty much already done, like, really tasting ginger. But the actual swig, what do you, what do you think about it, Curtis? We know, everybody knows I like it. Well, I guess I, w- I will share just from, from my uh, personal life. Um, it doesn't have to be good. You can share negative thoughts. Well, no, you know what? Here's, here's the thought. Um <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I got to say, yeah, I'll take some more. Um, so I'm at kind of a bit of a crossroads. Um, you see, I I started my Schwepp obsession mm. um, kind of when I saw so I, I was a big soda drinker. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's not really healthy and sustainable. So I figured I would go over to Schwepp's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I thought this was. By the way, all. he's not talking about Schwepp's seltzer. I'm talking about Schweppes ginger ale. Yeah, okay. So I thought Schweppes ginger ale would be a good alternative from soda, you know, trying to step off that, you know. And so I was at the uh, dentist the other day. It's um, like going on a pasta-only diet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, and uh, it turned out I had four cavities, <laughs> you know, and so... Yeah, so the dentist, um, you know, asked me, he was like, wow, you know, two years ago you had none. Did anything change in your, you know? And I was like, well, doc, you told me I should drink less, uh, you know, soda. So, you know. I've been pounding cans of ginger ale like it's my job. And, yeah, and I, I had, a, you know, the Schweppes t-shirt on. And so he was like, well, I mean, he was like, oh, I could down, you know. He goes, I, I down Diet Pepsi like the best of us. But, like, I, you know, I kind of. You know, I just down it and then move on. Maybe mm. brush after. He's like, have you been savoring it? And I mean, <laughs> how can you not? You know, it's it's Schweppes ginger ale. So uh, I will say maybe this is, th- this is the answer to what I've... Oh, nice. I'm going to do this for two years. And then my dentist, two years will, I'll see you in two years. And I will we'll see say, how I do, you know. Yeah, you don't get the sugar. I will say there is carbonic acid in... Um, in in seltzer but it hasn't given me problems but there there is a bit of a liability with teeth so it's not like total i'm saying it's way oh, better it's a than disclaimer drinking, for your yeah, listeners. it's way better than okay. drinking sugar so, water but yeah, yeah. doug is like here to fact check it's but. not as if you're just drinking water when you drink seltzer in, from the perspective of your teeth but yeah all right so yeah um i highly recommend it i think it's this is a tremendous I, I, you guys know i tend to like ginger seltzers 
Um, I think, for example, the ginger mule by Polar that Stephanie got us or the ginger one that um, that Grace Marathi got us from. Um, I forget the I forget the brand on that one. I think it was called Root or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this I like because of its cheapness. The, a bottle of this is like 80 cents. Mm. This bottle is like wow. 80 cents. Wow. I think it was like five for three dollars or something like that. You check my math. Um, but yeah, um, so it's less than 80 cents. Um yeah, so I actually give this, I would give this four and a half bubbles out of five. Oh, you go by bubbles. Yeah. How many bubbles well, would you give? I mean, I would say, I mean, for for the cost thing going alongside of that, I, I love the variety. Um, for the cost thing, you know, um, when I have something that has ginger in it, it often feels like I'm being hugged. Mm. And so it's like, you know, if yeah, I want to- By go- someone who has red hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no doubt. But um, <laughs> Oh. Get it? You're a little red. Yeah. You got a little oh, red. Oh, it's in the you. beard. Yeah, you I got, got a, a ginger red. beard. Yeah. That's probably why I like it. Um, but no, so like if I, I mean, how far am I from you? Probably 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of gas money to get a hug from Doug. And that's right. so for yeah. 80 cents, I could go over to the Lincoln Park, Park Shop, right? Exactly. You know, and so yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, wait, let me take one more step. 4.8. Oh my gosh, we're getting very fine there. Okay, 4.8 bubbles. So you average that out, 4.5 and 4.8. I am not here for my math. All right, well, um, so there you go. So I think it's highly recommended. Go pick up the Bowl and Basket Ginger Seltzer. Uh, One last thing on the seltzer tip. Um, Enrique wanted me to clarify, after the heinous um, little brand blackberry cucumber that we had last week that that was not his he actually they actually make a much better cranberry lime which is like his primary showcase at uh the leaders thing i picked up this really disgusting seltzer that he had gotten for him. Oh, <laughs> it was no. so bad uh but yes yeah, so the, the the cranberry lime he would like to let everybody know is uh highly recommended so ah, it'll be redeemed all right. By let everybody know, I the yeah. two people that made it this far. The two people that made it <laughs> this far. That's right. Know. Exactly. If you're yeah. still listening, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. I, yeah. I did what I can. Yeah. All right, you folks. So um, thanks again for sticking with us. I hope this week was helpful for you. Um, we, we are praying for you. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys just have a great week and look forward to being with you seven days from now. Until then, take care and bye-bye.